If you want to take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 13. And if you have the Pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 1,121. You've heard from our speakers this morning, and I need to let you know that not only do we go on these trips, but lives are being changed. People are coming to Christ. The gospel is being shared. People are being discipled. So what you see in these slides and activities, you don't see Bible studies per se, but we're not just going as good humanitarians. We're going with as messengers, bringing the good news that our God does reign. Join with me as, as I read Romans 10:13 through 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one when they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. One of the things that Tomic has told me this week as he's been here, he says, Carol, I love your church. There's such an emphasis on missions. And as he's come with me to downtown prayer meetings or other events, your people are involved. They're alive in Christ. They're excited about serving him. And to Alicia, too, you mentioned that about the Wyzetta ladies. It is such a great church to serve in because so many of you are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You are involved. You're connected with lost people and you're living out your faith. And that is what we are to be doing. And this text this morning and the three points that I want to quickly make, the first one is we see from this text that God has made it possible for people to become Christians. He's the one that has done that. He sent his son. And as that as that verse says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So step one, if you want to win somebody to Christ, if you're a missionary, you know what? You didn't have to die. You didn't have to set this whole thing up. God has done that first step. And that's a tremendous thing. And if we are beneficiaries, if we know Christ personally, it's great. And all we have to do is share that good news as ones who are being sent. Then Paul says on the second point that part of the goal of the Great Commission is evangelism. We are to go and make disciples, but the first step in making disciples is sharing the good news of Christ so that people can become followers Believers in Christ Jesus. But the Apostle Paul says, you know, there's there's really four steps here, questions that he asks. And he says, how can they call on the one they don't believe? Because when I admit that I'm a sinner and I need Christ and I confess my sins, I call on him to take care of my sin problem. I call on him to become my Lord and Savior. I call on him to give me the Holy Spirit to mark me for the day of redemption and to use me while I am still alive to point others to Christ. So Paul says, you know, that calling won't happen unless people believe. And how are they going to believe? The second question is, in the one, Jesus Christ, they've not heard. And how will they hear without a preacher? Not someone who's graduated from seminary and wears a tie on Sunday morning, but 
someone who is a messenger, someone who has that good news of Christ that they want to share. Paul says, how are they going to hear without that messenger? And then how will they preach unless they are sent? Those of us that know Christ, we're able to preach. We're able to share. We're able to go because we have called on the name of Jesus Christ. The third point is, as we are sent, what is our motivation for going? That is the question that really determines our effectiveness. Many of you have heard of David Livingston, and if you've been to Westminster Abbey, when you walk in the west door of Westminster Abbey in London, one of the first big graves you'll see is David Livingston, a missionary from Scotland who discovered Victoria Falls and did a lot of things, traveled 29,000 miles by foot in Africa, and he gave his life for the gospel. And his comment was this, God had only one son, and he was a missionary. Jesus was sent so we could call on his name and believe. And now we're being asked to be sent so others can call on the name. Not that we die for them, but we die to ourselves so we can share Christ with lost people. That is so simple, but it is so profound that we get to have that opportunity to have ministry. The Lord is counting on us so that others will find Jesus Christ. And the question is, then, the fifth question is, how can we be sent unless we first love? Unless we first love. You know, we can go, and we can go through the motions, and we show up and we share the gospel, and we want to serve in the name of the Lord. People can tell if we don't love them. People can tell if we're just going through the motion. Well, why are you doing this? Because it's Tuesday and I'm supposed to be here and I don't go home till Friday. That kind of comes through. But it's love is what is going to make the difference. Love is that first priority. We read about this in John 3.16, a verse that we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What caused the father to give his son? And what caused the son to humble himself and come to our planet? The verse says it. It was love. Love for lost people from this world. Love leads to action. Love is just not something we feel all warm and fuzzy about. That's good. But it's got to go somewhere. That's what it did with God. His love caused him to send his son. Because he loved us. He loved us as we were lost. I was out of free for the past almost five years. We've been engaged in the five for five ministry. We've asked the Lord to give us five people that we can pray one minute a day for, five days a week, and to do prayer, care, and share with them. And that's, that's something that we all can do. And I'd like to show you a picture of my five for five group four years ago, almost four and a half years ago when we started this. Here's a picture of my uh, non-Christian friends. There's nobody there. It's pretty bleak, isn't it? 
You see, I had all these reasons why I couldn't share the gospel with non-believers because I was giving leadership to discipleship and missions here at Wyzetta Free. And I was busy in that. And, I, you know, my, my calling as a pastor is to equip people. And my attitude was, you know, I really don't have the gift of evangelism like Luis Palau or maybe Billy Graham or somebody else you know. That's not my giftedness. And so here's the deal, Lord. You know, somebody win them to Christ, then I'll disciple them. I'll train them. I'll equip them. That was my belief. And finally, you know what it's like when you're a pastor. I mean, you may think it's great if you can have a pastor for a friend and hang out together. But non-Christians, they don't want to have a pastor for a friend. They're afraid the pastor is going to do what? Ask them questions. Preach at them. Make them feel bad. Put them down. So those were my beliefs. And, you know, you could summarize it this way. I was too busy. And I didn't have the right gift mix. And non-Christians, non-church people don't want to be a friend with a pastor. I had convinced myself that those reasons were valid. Pretty sick, aren't they? I agree. Then I realized that the real reason I was not intentionally reaching out to lost people is because I had a heart problem. I wasn't willing to reach out to lost people the way Jesus had reached out to me when I was lost and needed him. So it was about four years ago, after we started the Five for Five ministry, I started praying for some guys at Lifetime Fitness that were lost. And as the Lord put them on my heart, it provided a way for me to connect with these guys. And we started sharing our lives together because I had these non-Christian acquaintances, but I didn't have any non-Christian friends. And that's where I had to learn and grow and be stretched. Here's a picture three months ago, just right before Christmas with the five or five group from Lifetime Fitness that the Lord has privileged me to be a part of. And this guy, John, and this guy, Nate, they're believers. And we're doing this as a team event. Don't try to win somebody to Christ on your own. I mean, you can do that, but get other believers with you. Wherever you are, at the, whether it's at the country club or at work or where you have your hobbies, work together. And it is so much fun to be able to share with these guys. And one of the guys in our group is not there because he died. And, you know, we went to the funeral. Guess what we talked about after the funeral? We talked about what it means to know Christ. Where's our hope? And the Lord provides all these ways for real life to be brought up so that we can share. And you see, the difference in those pictures is God changed my heart. He caused me to see that I needed to be more like Jesus and love others rather than love myself. And I'm going to take care of my needs and my agenda and so on. And Becky and I are working with another couple that aren't even on our five for five list. And we say, Lord, what are you doing? Do you think you're God or somebody? I mean, we're, we're, we're showing the alpha tapes to this couple. You see, the Lord is at work. And he cares about my five for five list. But more than my five for five list, he knows people that are ready and willing and need to be loved on for the sake of Christ the same way he loved us. So as ambassadors for Christ... 
We have the opportunity to go and be sent. And that's why in John 20, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, he said that to the original 12, so I am sending you. My friends, the Lord is sending us. Is it overseas? Maybe. Is it across the backyard? For sure. Is it across the cube at work? Absolutely. Is it for your neighbors? Is it for your lost friends and relatives? Exactly. And we have the opportunity, as Isaiah 52, 7 says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And in that context, Cyrus, the Babylonian, was saying the 70 years of captivity are over. And the Jews could return to their homeland. And what great message that was. So those messengers shared the peace. They shared good tidings. They proclaimed salvation to those in Zion or Jerusalem and said, your God reigns. And my friends, people in Poland, in Chicago, in Lima, in Wyzetta, in Plymouth, want to know that God reigns and that there's good news. And we can share that. And what a privilege that is. And we get to declare not that the captivity is over after 70 years. We declare the captivity is over because of Christ. You no longer have to be captivated to sin. You can be set free. You can live eternally later and you can live abundantly now. What a privilege that is for us. And so this morning, I just want to close by pointing your attention to this card in your bulletin. And in this card, which is going to be collected as you leave by the ushers, if you could put your name or your phone number or your email on there, that would be great. And there's one slight correction. I see a mistake that I made here. It says, I'm interested in going to building or medical. That should say business or medical. I'm interested in going on a business or a medical short-term trip. And what I'm going to ask you to do today, as this week has been unfolding, and we've talked about short-term missions and needs, I'd like you to prayerfully consider in the next one to three years, not saying you're going to go, but to consider, would I be willing to go on a short-term trip in the next one to three years? And help out with some of the needs that were represented here today. And perhaps the Lord isn't calling you to go. He really may not be. Some need to stay behind and pray. Some need to give. Some need to go. But it's a team event. It's a team effort from our church. And if you are interested in going, maybe it's to Chicago. You can check that. Check that or Lima. Or the, the business or medical trip. Or going to Poland or other. Maybe there's some other place you'd like to go. If you'd like to work with construction or playgrounds, kids around the world were taking a trip to build a playground this summer in Sri Lanka. And also train nationals how to share the gospel with, of Jesus Christ with people during that trip. But if the Lord isn't calling you there, then perhaps you'd like to check the box. I want to share Christ more effectively here at home through my five for five list and share Christ through blank ministry. What ministry would you like to get involved in where you can share? And many of you are involved 
And that's, that's tremendous. And I don't want you to do more things just to do more things. Maybe you'll put on here, I'm giving up something so I can focus more on my five for five list. What's the Lord want you to do? I don't know. But this morning, as, as we close, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to fill that out. We're running overtime, and I thank you for uh, staying overtime. But let's just take a few moments here as some music plays to fill this in, and then I'm going to have a stand and be dismissed in prayer, and you can turn these cards in to the ushers as you leave. But fill them out now as the Lord leads you. And then I will close soon.